Welcome to the School of the Word. This is Lesson 26 in our teaching series, As in the Days of Noah, titled Progressivism Has Captured the Call. Our teacher is Alan Smith. Amen. Good morning, class. <laughs> Glad to see you. Good to see you. In these perilous times, I was asked the other day that, said, Alan, I hear you believe in pre-tribulation rapture. And I said, yes, I do. He said, well, why? I said, well, I, I got a margin of error seven years or so, but I said, yeah, I'm pre-tribulation. Okay. That's the, the point of my response to him was, yes, I've got my persuasions, but we're going to have to go with what God's got. And the, yeah, the, and 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 also my the person was a little bewildered and said, "Well, I said, listen, prepare for pre-tribulation. I said, live unto pre-tribulation. Prepare that I might be off seven years or so. That's what I actually said. So we we want to the preparation is the same. Uh, the preparation is the same. So." Uh, is we have, uh, we see the scriptures teaches about the uh, second coming of Christ more so than even the first coming, especially New Testament. Second coming of Christ is an issue, it's a big issue, and it is actually the issue. Uh, we talk about a lot of things in church, and uh, the probably, uh, historically, the least spoken about is, is, um, the second coming of Christ, even though it's the greatest event, one of the greatest events that we're looking for, to compare uh, where we are. So therefore, I'm catching up uh, 25 years of church experience in one lesson, I guess, in, in one teaching, as in the days of Noah. And um, uh, so as we move forward, you know my scripture, so shall the coming of Son of Man be as in the days of Noah. And there again, there's so much, there's so many ways to, there's just so much to understand. Uh, I've been in the, in the deception, deceptive things. We'll speak on that just a little bit here in the beginning today. And then we'll, then I'll transition into uh, what are we to do about the deception. And then there's another thing that comes after that called uh, the great deception. Uh, so, what you've been getting is the mild one. So as we as we move forward, just to encourage you, uh, the time period as we see here uh, is what we're looking for. We are living in a time period that is spoken more about than any other time period in the Bible. And so as we speak about these, uh, what's classified uh, end times is at the end of of all things. No, there's going to be a a restitution of all things. Uh, Christ is going to rule and reign, then there's going to be what the Bible calls a new heaven and a new earth. And uh, so uh, we'll see what, we'll get into some of that, uh, including even in the time of Jesus, even though we have a lot spoken of the first, that is about the first coming. Now the time uh, period of the end times, uh, this is what I want you to consider. The gospel of the kingdom includes the return of the king. So as we're given the gospel of the kingdom, 
the message includes the return of the king. So in us keeping that in our minds all the time, if the king is returning and could return it uh, pretty soon, that lends us that our, our, the claim that he is our king to prepare ourselves, the king's coming to town. And uh, so therefore it encourages, we have all these scriptures on encouraging us to prepare ourselves uh, even uh, about the gospel of the kingdom is uh, that he is returning. Now the gospel, we, get, we technically are saved under what we call the gospel of the grace of God, which is good news. But the gospel of the grace of God is, if you would, under the heading of the gospel of the kingdom. And it, it is a showing that one attribute of God. Now the generation of Jesus' return will see an increased darkness and sin, but will also have the greatest outpouring of the Spirit. Now there again, that's, it's, it's like, uh, well, Alan, how, how do you get that, uh, that it's a greater you know, outpouring of the Spirit. Well, we know that you have the seven churches. We know the lukewarm church, but also we have a Philadelphia church. Then we have a church that's after God's heart, and we're looking at there again for a greater outpouring of the Spirit. Now, if you are of the persuasion that I'm off seven years, uh, you'll be part of this great 144,000, if you will, that takes the, the gospel to the earth. And uh, do I believe that there'll be a, uh, even a greater outpouring then? Yes, I, I do. Um, but anyway, so if you see, you're going to still see even in the day that we're in a greater increased darkness and sin, but we're also going to have a greater outpouring of the Spirit. Now, that leads me to a situation of my anticipation of the anointing or the presence of God or the power of the Spirit, if you will, that I've experienced up to this point should be increasing, not decreasing. Now, because times are bad and times are hard, it's going to look like that uh, we have less successes. But I submit to you, we've got more darkness going on. And uh, since there's more darkness going on, and we tend as humans to go by the amount of data that comes in, we have a lot of data coming in. There's a lot of darkness, and so therefore we get a defeatist uh, mentality if we're not careful. And, uh, but I do believe that the amount of darkness has increased. I think the movement of the satanic has increased. And I am pursuing uh, to be a participant in this greater outpouring. I'll be honest with you. It's not pride. It's not anything else. It's just I believe the body of Christ, you and I, all of us, are not to be complacent in the amount of anointing that we are operating in. Now, the anointed one is in us, and you can say, well, Alan, I've got 100% anointing, which I would agree with, but it doesn't mean that I'm operating in it. It doesn't mean that I'm savvy to being in a relationship with the anointed one in a way that it comes pours out in my life. And to me, the way to get there, the first thing is to be honest and say I'm not where I need to be. Uh, and I want to get there, and I want to press into it. And, uh, and, and I also understand, now this is a little hard for all of us, uh, it's in these times, if you want to press into more of the anointing, to a greater anointing, to more of the presence of Christ in our lives, that we might give the kingdom to the earth, we have to uh, 
in this, these days, it's easier to be offended than it's ever been. So therefore, it's harder to take correction than it's ever been, even to believers. It's harder today for us to take correction you know, from the Word of God or each other than it's ever been. So therefore, the premium on a greater anointing is high. Are you with me? The, the premium is high. And, and, so, and so therefore, it's something, I, I mean, I have uh, people speak things in my life. Some people, I, if I don't feel like they got permission to speak in my life, I don't pay attention to them, to be honest with you. Uh, but then there's others that do, and 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 trust me, they're they're a plenty, and that, that I trust. They say, Alan, don't you think you need to think about this or or that or whatever? And uh, uh, I'll say yes, you know. And and it stings a little bit. It's easy. It's amazing how easy it is to be offended in this day and time. But because that has increased, the benefit of working beyond offense is greater. If you can hear me. Now, this is when it, it's nice to have people at church that you love and trust, right? <laughs> because we're living in, a, in an offensive uh, uh, atmosphere. Matter of fact, the whole world now is run by uh, political correctness, uh, which the definition is who's offended today is what we will correct today. And which offense is, uh, the truth's going to offend. I don't care who you are and what you are. It's just going to offend. First thing on is, there's going to be a level of offense. And as Christians and as believers, and especially as prophetic people, we need to be aware of, uh, if, if you'll notice, I guarantee you in the last six months, you've had the opportunity uh, and you've had to deal with offense more than you have in a long time. I, I promise you that. It's just because that spirit of offense is out here. And, uh, and because we are all seeking truth, uh, it's easier to be offended when your very life is staked on the truth that you now have. So therefore, it's easy to be offended and we'll fight for what we perceive as truth uh, uh, in, in this day. So it's my point being, it's harder to move forward in this day, but the benefit is greater when we do. And, and uh, it's just a huge uh, thing that we have out here now. And we can trust the Word of God, though, to bring us correction and bring us understanding. Now, not only does it, uh, is it important that we trust the Word of God for understanding and what time is it, is there some things in Scriptures, and that's the reason I made, uh, I guess, a little funny out of I'm pre-tribulation rapture, but I'm, you know, I give it seven years or so either way. Uh, the reason I say that is some things are uh, I can be dogmatic about, and and I can have a persuasion, uh, uh, but I won't die for it. Okay, right. I mean I'd hate to I'd, I'd hate to say that because I won't because I understand where I am and my the revelation of my understanding, but I also know a truth that I don't agree with myself in some things a year ago. Right. Right. Okay, so so therefore. The, the bad part about speaking it and, and it being recorded is, is, is that, is that you, you just don't know how many things I've said 20 years ago that I hope somebody doesn't have on a cassette somewhere. You know, and, and believe it or not, the reason I say that is because somebody did have something and, and my position uh, was a little different. I did not used to preach uh, or teach that healing was for today. I didn't. 
And, and that's right. I, I didn't. I mean, matter of fact, I was dogmatic about it. And uh, I was even worse. Uh, I was worse than the worst, you know. And I knew why. And, uh, and the reason I was that way when God showed me is because my mother had a mental illness and I prayed God continually in my whole life. He'd deliver and free her of it and he didn't. So therefore, I had to protect God on why he didn't. Okay? The respectable thing to do is protect God. <laughs> right? He needs, he needs that. And then consequently, I had cancer and, and was told I was going to die. But I didn't believe in healing then. But a pastor there did that I was with. It was in a Baptist church, actually. And he prayed for me to be healed. And, and I was. And so I, was, I had to change my theology. Uh, and I, thankfully so. Okay, thankfully so. So, so I, I am, I am, uh, I am not above uh, changing, as as I get greater revelation of where I need to change. Is that okay? And so, so is so I try to be that transparent. I, I, I try to teach as I see it, understanding that there's just uh, certain things I'll die for that I teach. But this is the way it looks to me up till now. And, and, I, and in my teaching, I wouldn't want anybody to say, well, you know, Alan said this. I, I, oh, it just makes me draw up. If I say something and you see it, well, then you need to say you say this. Is that okay? Because you see it. You see it in the Word, and you have an understanding of the Holy Ghost that that's, that that's what it is. Don't ever say that, uh, that Alan says something. Because I might say, well, yeah, five years ago I said that. But, so you've got to be careful. I might not back you up. That's what I'm saying. Okay, now, that's, that's just a little disclaimer. I didn't mean to get in all that, Lord Jesus. I guess I had a confession to make. <laughs> now, progressivism has captured the call, but leaves out the message of the call. Now, I hit on this a little bit last week, just very little today, but the message of progressivism has captured the call, but leaves out the message of the call. I, I mentioned last week that progressivism, the far left, and we've got churches now, there's a new even movement of progressive churches. Are you progressive or are you not progressive? Which means you embrace basically uh, any type of sin. And, uh, uh, and so therefore, come to our churches is what progressivism says. Come to our churches and we'll have Pride Week and, or month and we'll, we'll do everything that... Uh, please hear me on this because I've had some discussion this past week based on what I said. What I'm saying is the call of the church is to go out in the highways and the byways and call everybody in both good and bad, it says. All right, that's what the progressive left is doing. Now, I'm sorry. That's the call. They have stolen the correct call. But when you come in, you don't get the message of the call. Are you with me? So you can make a call because you feel benevolent and you feel... Uh, so so here, here's the deception. Just because you feel warm and fuzzy about something and think you're helping all of mankind because you feel for us sinners, we're, we're, we are to feel for us sinners. But we're to have greater excitement for our deliverance, not our sin. You, you see... The, 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 the message is, come as you are, and, and this is honest truth. We need to have enough anointing in this place. If you come as you are two or three times through, and you need to be 
set free. Now, if we're not there, it's egg on us. That's all I can tell you. Because you need to be able to come with this many believers that carry the anointing and the conviction of the Holy Ghost that where if you come into this place, that there will be conviction. Now, that's not just for the extremes. It's for us too when we come in these doors. If you come in here today with a bad attitude, you need to get over it quickly. Right? I, I talked to a pastor the other day and I said, and he would call me about some problems. And I said, well, you, you need to be a little more pastoral maybe. He said, I just tell them to watch a YouTube. And in fact, they don't get it with that. Just get over it. I said, whoa, wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. So, so you, you need to be thankful for Pastor Steve. <laughs> and <that's>, <laughs> yeah, that wasn't, yeah, that wasn't Pastor Steve. Yeah, he, he, yeah, okay, now. Not, not, that you haven't th not that you haven't thought it, okay, but that's not you, okay. I wasn't reading your mail, Pastor. Now, Isaiah 61 uh, uh, says this. Now, I, you know, we've got the progressive idea. We make this call. Now, it's very important to me that prophetic people get what I'm saying here. The call is the correct one. We're to call in everybody. And, and you, you think I'm really too radical here. Uh, uh, if the elders turned me loose here, I'd almost hang up a, fl a, a rainbow flag in front of ours. <laughs> easy now, easy. If you're if you're packing, keep it hid, <laughs> and uh, put out a rainbow bow flag. That when people came in here, they they got converted with one one meeting, one message, one meeting. Now, the reason I say that in extreme is to get us to where, to get us in the proper thinking. Yes, yeah, proper message. The, our call is for sinners. And there again, you've heard me say it before, the greatest revival I was ever in was at Shiloh with Jeff Rowland, and I knew he was going to get us all killed, and just about did. And by the way, he had to go in the emergency room uh, last night. Something wrong with his appendix. They're not really sure. He's going to have to have surgery today. If you would remember Jeff in prayer, and uh, he's in tremendous pain. And um, but in that church and in that revival, he made this call. He called in everybody. Y'all heard me refer to it. And uh, I knew we were. This is this is suicide, you know, because because they answered people answered the call. So we see these progressive churches hanging out these flags, and well, people are answering the call. The, the, the heart is yearning. And, I, and I'm praying that God's Holy Spirit, even though they don't give the message, I'm praying that the message will still get to them somehow. But, but, but my, my fear is and my concern is, I should say, is that you've got all of these people that are supposed to be going into churches and hearing the message is they're not hearing it. Now, as, as, as believers... We are now in this war, if you will, within the church, which should be united. That's right. We are now having our churches split over this thing of progressivism. Um, now, they're making the right call. and We got the right message, but we're fighting them because they're making the call. And they're liberal and all of the above. And, and, and me, more than anybody in here, <laughs> gets offended at that. But at the same time, I can't deny the truth of the Word of God. And I'm wondering, why is the progressive movement so huge? And why is it moving? Why is it working? It's because they got hold of a half-truth. 
the heart of man wants to hear it. Now, this is how deceptive the enemy is now. He uses the truth of God to get you. It's just not the complete truth. That's the problem. Something that's a blatant lie, I mean, we can pick that one out with a blindfold on. The deception is, so as believers, we got to be careful. The truth is they've stole the truth, but they don't have, it's okay with me if they get the rest of the message. If you're going to have them all in there, or I'm praying that God uh, will supernaturally convict these pastors and, and give them the message, the full message that goes with the call. Yeah. Now, in the meantime, we need to be careful and not find ourselves in battle with the progressive church. But we need to find, I'm not saying we don't point out what's not correct and what's wrong. Of course we do in conversation. But my prayer is we're praying for them more than we're complaining about them. That's, good, Al. That's the truth. Because now this is a, such a stealth move by the enemy. We're getting clobbered. And the first thing we need to do with truth is to admit it and then to sign up for God, but to sign up for the kingdom of God that the message might go forth. Now, in Isaiah 61, now, now in progressive, uh, the progressivism has captured the call but leaves out the message of the call. Now watch this. Here's Isaiah 61.1, which you should know what Isaiah 61.1 says. The Spirit of the Lord uh, God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison uh, to them that are bound. Now, you see, there's the message. I'm telling you the far left has taken, taken the call to this message. They're saying, come as you are, and we'll agree with you, and everything will be, everybody else just don't understand your dilemma. Well, according to the Bible, we understand your dilemma. It's sin, and you need set free. Just like I need set free of sin by the blood of the Lamb. So I'm hoping you're seeing this deception. Now, that, that was in Isaiah. Now, the grace of God shines in Christ. Christ came in the fullness of time when the time was right by God's timing. He will come the second time accordingly when God's time is complete. So we got the first coming, we got the second coming, we got Isaiah 61. Then Jesus comes on the scene and says in Luke 4, 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach the deliverance to the captives and recovering of the sight of the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. There's the message. It was in Isaiah. Jesus basically quoted it. And Jesus Christ is the message. You can have the love of Christ, but not preach the message of Christ. You can have a love, well, I shouldn't say love, you can have a love that looks like the love of Christ because the love of Christ leads you to repentance. All right. And, and it's total freedom. So we've got to see the sneakiness that's going on around us. Churches that now call themselves progressive churches are not lost yet. They're not lost yet. A lot of them are great foundational churches that have won many to Christ historically. 
And uh, just like the Democratic Party has been taken over, they're being taken over. That's the reason I'm not against the Democratic Party. I'm against the spirit that's perverting the Democratic Party. I'm not against the progressive left. I'm against the spirit uh, that's taken over the churches of the progressive left. And I will not yield that ground. I just won't. I just will not. I'm not going to wave a flag and say, okay, Satan's got them. Now let's move on. No, I, no, I ain't, I'm just, there's something in me can't do that. I just cannot do that. So we've got to be careful and not act like that. That's what's happened. We need to pray for them. They're wrong. We need to pray God, give them the message, stir the message in them. Oh God, that what Satan meant for evil, that God will use it for good. Right? It's okay with me if God allows the evil one to call everybody in, then he, bam, supernaturally, he shifts it on Tickle me to, to life. Amen. So we see Jesus said the same thing here. Now we got this progressivism in the last days, and progressivism is a way of thinking that holds that it is possible through political action and human reasoning for human societies to improve over time. I mean, that's not a bad statement. You know, you know what I'm saying? But truly progressivism... That's what the age of enlightenment was, that human reasoning through our societies and everything will do better. Uh, progressivism arose during the age of enlightenment out of the belief that uh, civility in, in Europe uh, improving to the application of the in, empirical knowledge uh, to the governance of society. So they were using that as their benchmark. So a progressive political correctness is the evolution of truth. That's what political correctness is. It's a type of reason, human reasoning that Truth keeps evolving instead of truth is. Let me share something with you. Truth doesn't evolve, truth is. You got to get that. Evolution and now is in everybody's thinking, so it will. It will, it will. Now let me give you another one that's, that'll slip in on you. Now you can get, test me on this. You don't build the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is. Well, I, I got to get out of here so I can build the kingdom of God. That's kind of like me trying to protect God. That's right. That's right. No, it's not much different. You're going to build the kingdom of God. No, no. We're to present and give out the kingdom of God. Uh, the kingdom of God's not losing anything. It's not losing any ground. Kingdom of God is, truth is. It doesn't evolve. The kingdom doesn't evolve. The kingdom of God is. Now, our, we might have a limited understanding of what we have in the kingdom of God. I'm okay, okay. yeah, yeah. It's the reason we study, it's the reason we study the Word of God, is to discover what we still got on the table. So, the progressive church has this catchphrase, we are reforming. Now, that's the catchphrase. And, and, and all of progressivism, even back into the age of enlightenment, was we're reforming every year, or we're evolving. Same, same idea. We're reforming or we're re uh, evolving every year. Now, the deception of the progressive church, the progressive church is capturing the lost and leading them down a deceptive path. They are using the language of Jesus to love everyone, but denying the power thereof to set them free. This is important. Just because you use the language of the gospel does not mean you have the gospel. There again, it's deceiving. This is not a suggestion, but a warning, Jesus said in Matthew. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. There comes this, uh, this deceptive message that's always out there with us today. 
Matthew 7, 21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Is anybody ever worried about that one? Uh, Romans 16, 17, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. Now, in a progressive left church, you've got to understand something. We have some doctrine out there that's false, but we also have some doctrine out there that has partial truth. That's the reason I say the progressive left stole stolen the call, but it's not given the message. That's the reason it's deceptive. You'll feel, you'll feel a connection with that progressive left message. And the reason and you'll say, oh, wake up. No, you can't agree with that. Uh, we got we're against that. You know, yeah, you know, quit quit thinking that way. That's not, but you'll feel something in your spirit that that feels. There's something about that that's, that's right. I'm just trying to put into words what it is for two reasons so that we don't allow them to steal it. But the only way you can steal it is if somebody's not paying attention and let it go. If the world is so enamored with the progressive left and this new, uh, I mean, you would not well, you'd believe it, but the books that are being written, the pastors that are now growing mega churches over this uh, half gospel, is, it just blows my mind. It is, it is, I'm like, it is. And the reason is it's got the message partial of truth. In 2 Timothy, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such it says to turn away. Now, how can this happen? Words are important. Here's the, here's the big thing. I hit it a little bit last week. The distinction of terms, progressives have become masters of vocabulary manipulation and are constantly changing the meaning of words to fit their political agenda. And that's what we see in the words of uh, that's happened today. How to avoid being deceived, we must go to our Bibles for the definition of words. Today we have programs in the Hebrew and Greek. God has given us what we need for this day in which we are living. Without biblical distinctions of terms, we are an easy target for deception. So words are going to be more important as we continue to move forward. Words are a big deal. Now, let me tell you this. When you're carrying on a conversation, this the times we're living in are spiritually charged. Words trigger things more so now than ever has. Don't assume. I'm just telling you one of the... One of the Deceptive things going on now. Don't assume someone else knows what you're talking about and then kind of pick up halfway in the sentence without giving full disclosure of what you're talking about. You just have to trust me on this one. We don't assume. When you're saying something, give full disclosure of what you're talking about, why you're saying it. You will probably feel like you're repeating yourself. Repeat yourself. Because in these spiritual times, the words make a difference. I'll try to maybe do a teaching on, on spiritual triggers, on how these words in the spirit world are triggering different things to happen and to come at you. Uh, but that's another deal. It is important for each believer to make a commitment to themselves to take their Bible knowledge to the next level. Now, you, somebody's got to sign up for this thing. Come on. If you're... You've got to sign up for taking your Bible knowledge to the next level. Do not be complacent. Please, apathy, be gone. Amen. 
We've, everyone in this building used to be incredible Bible students. In your early years, you stood and you, you sat there and you took notes. You had every reference from Ying to Yang to whoever. You know I'm telling you the truth. We were incredible Bible students. My declaration to you prophetically is we have to return to those days that we've left. Now, the world is very interested in the supernatural, if you notice that. That's good, but they need the truth. We must not change the words of the Bible because there lies the supernatural. Hit it a little bit last week, but this book is a supernatural book, but it's because the words are where they are. In, in chemistry, if you do not put your elements together in the correct order, it can blow up in your face. It, the words of this book in the order they're in make a difference. Do, do I like all translations? The answer is uh, heavens no. I really don't. For the most part, most of them are paraphrases in my book. Now, when you make the Bible palatable to the world, it loses its supernatural power. Can you hear me? To be born again is a supernatural event. That's right. It's the reason you can have the call, but not the message. If you make a call in the highways and hedges to both bad and good, and you come in and you don't hear the truth, the supernaturalness of this book will not work. When we try to make it palatable so we're not offended, guess what? It won't work. The, the, the first way you know it's the Word of God is because it just offended you, somebody. It offends the flesh. That's the only true litmus test to the truth of the Word of God. It offends you. So we get to where it's not offensive. It is more than an intellectual. Now watch this. Help me on these words here. When I wrote them, it was about 4 o'clock this morning, so I might have missed it a little. I was trying to say something. It is more than an intellectual decision to be born again. Even though the intellectual decision can set in motion the supernatural event. Is that all right? That's good. Did, did, I, did you get what I was saying? That's good. Okay. It is, well, a lot of times we say, well, it's not intellectual. You can't, and I'm like, no, that was a conflict in my spirit. It, because we say, yes, we intellectually say yes to God. But what happens, it sets the supernatural in motion. Well, how can it set the supernatural in motion unless what you say yes to is the truth? You can't water it down. And I'm just telling you, we got to really be particular with the words. Are we watering anything down enough to where it doesn't work? We, we just got to ask ourselves this question in these days that we're living in. Now, there are many voices out there, but the voice of Christ is one. Paul gave the Colossian church a warning because there were people out there that wanted to rob them of their true faith. The apostle Paul ran into it. The Colossian church is, is our example, and let's look at it quick. Paul says to what? Beware. Beware. There it is again. He says it in Colossians 2.8. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy, empty deceit according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. It should be, there's six things there in that one verse. Six things, 
the Apostle Paul says to beware of, and then these six things, uh, cheating being one of them, but these six things are telling you, the other five are telling you what you're going to be, how you're going to be cheated. All in one verse. All right, let's look at this. This means to watch strange teachings. Remember, Christ is not something, but is everything. You'll have a witness. Christ is not something. Christ is everything. Now, when you're, when you're viewing the Scripture, uh, I don't care what you do with the Scripture. You've got to view it from the standpoint that Christ is not something in the book. Christ is everything in the book. It's called the centrality of the cross of Christ. You can't, it's all right, it's at the very beginning. So when we're looking at the Scriptures, that's the reason I say, uh, Christ is not something, Christ is everything. So deception takes away from Christ. That's the reason I say the progressive has a partial, they have the call, but they don't have the message. Now, all right, let's move forward. The word philosophy, here's what it means, the philosophy. The study of the fundamental nature of knowledge, reality, and existence, the love of wisdom. Well, the uh, only thing I can tell you is how lovey is, is this if Paul said to, to beware of it. Paul's warning was there was a type of philosophy that would creep into the church and draw them away from the simplicity of Christ. That's what he was saying. Can somebody say simplicity of Christ? there's a message of the gospel of the kingdom that is called the simplicity of Christ. When you got born again, it was the simple gospel message of Christ. Everything was Christ. So as we further our studies, it has to come out of this idea that Christ is the center of all things. It's all about Christ. It's all about Him. Christ is not part of this equation. Christ is the, uh, the equation. When you go to the book of Revelation, it says the book of Revelation of who? Of Jesus Christ. Who, who's the book of Revelation about? Jesus Christ. It's not, you say, well, it's about this, but no. It's about the revelation of Jesus Christ is what it's about. Now, watch this. Philosophy is the highest position of intellect that man can exercise without God. Is that all right for me to say it that way? Philosophy is the highest position of intellect that man can exercise without God. Colossians 2.8, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy. So we understand you can philosophy and persuade man of a lot of things. It's a type of wisdom. There again, it is Christ the central focal point of the philosophy that you're hearing? This is the type of philosophy that takes God out of the picture. There again, progressive left, uh, we have this idea of that man is continually going to get better and better and better. We get more truth, more truth, more truth. Idea being we get more perfect and more perfect and more perfect. Yeah, we're little gods is who we are because we have figured this thing out. That's the progression. The, the biggest problem I have with the evolution message is I know what it does in the spirit. And, and the reason, biggest reason I think it's a deception, evolution, is, is because I know it's training people to think evolving like that. I, I, I get that. I don't have any, any problems with, with some things evolving, but my land, everything on the planet doesn't. Uh, okay, now, let's go here. 
Now he goes on to this next thing called empty deceit. Colossians 2.8, it says, Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and what? Empty deceit. So here we're looking at this thing. Deceit is the action or practice of deceiving someone by concealing or misrepresenting the truth. So I have to say the progressive left is uh, uh, empty deceit. Partial truth. And, it, and it's misrepresenting the truth. It's got the call... Listen, people, the call has got to, the call's the call, but the message is the message. All right? Now, a deceitful person will always act like if you had their knowledge, then you would uh, know as they know. <laughs> You're superior, a little more of an elitist. Oh, if you just, uh, yeah, the, the, these people that are, you know, I've, I've said there's a left and there's right side and then there's God's side. These people on God's side, they just don't have the knowledge we have. Right? Maybe one day they'll get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're the smart ones in the room. Right? It's, it's, it's that type of mentality. Uh, that's, that's called a deceitful person. The philosophy boasts saying uh, it has always uh, been this way. Now this gets into this other thing. Let's watch this in Colossians 2.8. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men. Now, now here's what happens is people want to gravitate to, well, it's really always been this way. Uh, I had a, uh, these two the older men, they're both dead now down the road. When I was a young farmer, I went to their farm. I was actually going to buy a few cows off of them, and I went to their farm, and I couldn't find them, and I went around to their tool shed. Two brothers had a little Ford uh, tractor, and they were hooking up a three-bottom plow. Now, I don't know if anybody knows much about a tractor, but on a tractor, you have what's called a top link. And it has the tractor has two holes. You can put it on the top, bottom hole or top hole. They're not but about that far apart, and it doesn't really make any difference. But you have two holes that you hook the top link of a plow to. And I walked around the corner of the tool shed, and I heard them, and they were just a fussing and a cussing. And a, I mean, I thought they were in a fist fight. And just as I came around the corner, one of them looked at the other and said, well, one of them said, well, we've done it this way for 20 years. And the other one said, well, just because you've done it wrong for 20 years doesn't mean you don't need to change now. <laughs> Point being, he was trying to use the tradition, the history of the thing, to bring weight to what he thought was right. And you hear what I'm saying? So what happens is, you can, the, the left or progressive left, they'll say, well, yeah, this is what the church has always done. Trying to, trying to say, this is our tradition, this is, we are now returning back to our traditions. Trying to use that as weight that your message, that what you're doing is correct. Now, Claiming authenticity by stealing the call, which is old and solid, but without giving the message, which is supernatural. And that's what happens. In order to give it credibility, it will give a partial truth. That's what we have to be aware of. You see, when the enemy did this, uh, uh, this partial truth thing, he did it through old established churches. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, look at the Methodist church. My land's got every Methodist church from here to yonder. The progressive left. 
Presbyterian. It's just so what? So what it's doing, it's guilty of this. It's taking the traditions of men to make it off, to bring authenticity to the message. Can anybody hear what I'm saying? That's deceit. It's deceit. It's happening right before our very eyes. Now here's another example. Sin, sexual sin, abortion, etc., uh, but without forgiveness. It's, that's part of the call of that message. It has a demonic origin. Believe it or not, this is what Paul says. Beware, there's the verse again. Lest anyone cheat you through philosophy, empty deceit, according to the traditions of men, which I hope you got a better understanding of that now, according to the basic principles of the world. According to the basic principles of the world. What we have going on now in this political uh, movement, what's hitting our earth now, is we're according to the basic principles to be of a world order, basic principles of the world. What's out there now is everybody's for this. I heard it just said this past week that one of the big arguments is, is that what's happening in our culture and society today, today, people saying, well, this is what everybody wants. This is, this is, this is, this is what everybody wants. It's this uh, these, and of course, Christians get the biggest black eye, which I hope we do. I hope we're guilty of, of setting a standard that the world's trying to tear down. Now, so he talks about the basic. Now, I, I want to go here with it just a sec. Gnostics were the main carriers of this deception. So when Paul was writing his writings, there was a group of people that you would that were called Gnostics, or they were followers somewhat. Gnosticism is the belief that human beings contain a piece of God the highest good or a divine spark within themselves, which has fallen from the immaterial world into the bodies of humans. That's what Gnosticism is. Now, you have what's called also the Gnostic Gospels and a lot of things that are out there. Uh, I, I started not even to use this terminology because this thing goes from two different huge spectrums of, of belief or understanding or whatever. But the idea was with the Gnostics, they felt like that the world had something to offer. Each man has a human spark, so you should all be able to identify. They, would, they went on to say this, uh, Jesus is identified by some Gnostics as an embodiment of the supreme being who became incarnate to bring gnosis, which is knowledge, to the earth, while others denied that the supreme being came in the flesh, claiming Jesus to be merely a human who obtained enlightenment through gnosis or knowledge and taught his disciples to do the same. Uh, many Gnostics text... Uh, Deal not in concepts of sin or repentance, but with uh, illusion and enlightenment. That's, so that's the deceptive thing of the knowledge of the enlightenment. Uh, uh, so when he, when he talks about the ways of the world in context, that's what Paul uh, was speaking about. So uh, if you want to know a little bit, I don't have much more Gnostics, but I, I keep moving on and we'll leave out of what Paul tells us, how we behave, what we do about it. And then we're going to leave in, uh, we'll merge into, uh, if you were hoping the deception teaching was over, we're going into the great deception. <laughs> uh, this has uh, just been Deception 101. You'll be, <laughs> you'll be going in advanced, uh, into advanced math. So uh, uh, maybe I haven't left you at, at a high spiritual note, but you have a lot to be thankful for. And uh, we want to be prepared 
the idea or the mandate I feel right now is that God's people are prepared uh, to go into these days and these hours uh, that we are in. I believe our preparedness has to go to a higher level. And I think that our worship has to go to a higher level. And I think, therefore, our anointing and the, uh, the testimony of the kingdom of God is in the house will be greater. Does anybody feel a witness? And I believe that. Uh, just like with the teaching that Trevor is going to be doing on, on angels. Uh, you really need to pay attention, take note. Uh, but it is teaching, it is learning. But we're trying to bring to the table where we are in this day. We're not trying to bring you any teachings that will scratch your ears or whatever it says. Or trying to bring truth to prepare you because, uh, like I said, you're going to be raptured and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm allowed seven years either way. So let's stand. <laughs> Lord Jesus, we love you. Thank you for this day. We ask and pray, oh God, that you'd be with us. Lord Jesus, you know our deal. Anything I've said that's not of you, I pray it'd fall to the ground. But if I said anything that's of you, I pray, oh God, you'll quicken it to our hearts. Let this church be equipped for these days we're going into. That we'll be equipped with the truth of your word. We would not be deceived. We would pray for those that are deceptive because uh, perhaps they don't even realize it. Some do, but a lot of them just don't have any idea. So Lord, I pray for the progressive left this morning that you will blindside them with the message of the gospel, that they'll surprise themselves. Lord Jesus, you surprised those believers in the upper room. I pray that you'll give a double upper room surprise uh, to the progressive left that's making this successful call to those that need to be set free. And Lord Jesus, just do it because of who you are, not because of who we are. I pray for them. I love them. And I pray that you'll bust them wide open and you'll bust us on the way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.